When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. This is our Wembley 97 series, looking back at that amazing, memorable game 25 years ago at Wembley Stadium, where, of course, John Frayne made it so in the 93rd minute, beating Swansea. Oh, 1-0. Oh, the memories coming flooding back. On this episode, we're bringing you a replay of an episode that we first released back in May 2019. It was the first time that the anniversary of that Wembley win came around while we were doing the pod and I, Charles, I sat down with Danny and Neil to talk about our memories of that day and I wanted to replay it for you because it was a great episode talking about our memories. We've heard from some of the players so let's hear from past us. (laughs) Why not? So sit back, relax, 
and enjoy as we go back into what was episode 35 of It's All Cobblers to Me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! 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 22 years ago today, John Frayne hit a free kick for the second time and put it straight past Roger Freestone to send 32,000 Northampton fans into joyous rapture at the home of football, Wembley. Welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me and a Wembley 97 special. How are you doing, guys? All right? Wonderful. Wembley, Wembley. It's not the FA Cup. We don't care, Charles. It's good enough. We're good, Charles. We're very good. And I'm mostly excited in the hope that you have a little clip of Sixfields boys for us. Well, you say that, and I don't. And I don't. Oh. Sorry. Oh, right. Well, let's end you the mean, podcast then. You've actually got Warehouse live in the studio with you, Charles. Uh, studio? <laughs> dungeon, sorry. <laughs> Charles' is dungeon. In, it's in podcast dungeon. towers. Um, no, Warehouse, they couldn't join us, I'm afraid. Oh, um, but um, what, they, You mean they had prior engagement? They, they, they did, Last yes. Seems unlikely. It's one of those. I mean, they did send us a little message. With the cobblers. It's a good start, isn't it? (laughs) Bit long. Now we're on a roll. With dulcet tones. Yes. It's just a hundred years between towers Does that bring back the memories? Oh, I tell you uh, what, I remember this ask bring, buying this cassette from Spinner Disc. <laughs> Great shot. Cassette. I tell you what, that has caused a stir in that has, Charles. Oh, what kind of stir? I'm a bit worried about that, Neil. You, well, you should be. <laughs> so, I'm upset we didn't get to the Hawaii Five O part. <laughs> we 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 don't have enough time to play all of it. It's like five minutes long, Neil. <laughs> well that that could just be the podcast. <laughs> on, on a loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, let's let's take everyone back to 1997. Um, the Cobblers finished fourth in what was the old Division Three back then. Um, did you know we finished 14 points off the automatic places? No, um, I did. Yes, Charles, because I consulted the same Wikipedia pages you. Have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you guys prepped, did you? <laughs> Look, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've just been drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, Neil, it was, you know, 22 years ago. I was about 13 at the time. Also, it was about 22 years since we've been waiting for Neil to come onto the podcast as well. Well, I did think <laughs> I went with normal timekeeping because I didn't want to make things different. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You're coming in in the 93rd minute to save the day. 
I do often come quite late, so that's fine. Um, There's the editing. No, you can't edit that. Come on. Anyway. Charles, you, prom- you promised us a racy podcast. <laughs> anyway, right. Get back on topic. We were 14 points. I, I mean, I don't remember. I remember that season being, that was that was probably one of the first seasons that I went fairly regularly. I think before 96, 97, I, I, I was probably taking a handful of times in a season. Um, that was the first year where we and, me and my dad sort of maybe went to at least half the home games. But I don't really remember us being that far behind the, the rest of the league. Well, you? we had a poor start. I remember we had a relatively ropey ropey start to the season. And, and we sort of, mm. by mid-October, we weren't in the playoffs or anything. We were... We were. I don't think we were struggling, but we certainly weren't pulling up any trees, as they say, in tree pulling up circles. So um, <laughs> we lost that. That, first, well, that was that first game at Wigan where we had two players sent off, and the team bus broke down on the motorway. Yeah, we lost two one, didn't we? On the first day of the season, that kind of set the tone to the, for the first bit of the season. And we'd lost. I think we'd lost quite a few games in that mix. So we had. A yeah, I was just, I was actually, I'm just looking at the results here <laughs> from 10th of September. Well, pretty much for the whole of September, we didn't win until the end of September. We beat Brighton at home three 0 But if you look at our our sort of last results of the season, we went unbeaten from March. That was it, wasn't it? I think I remember that Wigan game, that home game, because I think we were still outside playoffs at that point, and that Wigan game felt like that was it. Then we we and we couldn't do enough to get back in, and we needed some sort of like miracle run to the end of the season to to uh, to pick it back up and get in the playoffs. We ended up fourth, I think, didn't we? And and it was pretty tight. I think we were we going into the last game of the season still needing something that I'm Scunthorpe to to confirm it. And uh but yeah, it's uh it was definitely a a tight season. We'd lost we'd we'd lost and won. We hadn't really drawn that many games and I was looking back on the results like you were saying, Neil, with it looks like we we only lost one game by more than a goal. So there's a lot of typical Atkins style tight games apart from Maybe the January, where we'd just gone on a mad spree of. Uh, yeah, we lost. Uh, we lost to we lost to Darlington, didn't we? Three one in in November. Mm, that looks like yeah. the only one that we lost with by by more than a goal, which is um, typifies Atkins' play, I suppose, isn't it? This was that season. Where, do you remember we had this? Like we had this from the twenty eighth of December. We had we had four games in a row, and we beat Barnet two nil. Cardiff at home 4-0, Chester 5-1 and Hartlepool 3-0. It was like the greatest run ever at that time. Yeah, we kind of ended up with four home games in a row because of postponements or whatever, didn't we? And Matthew Rush's month on loan was that month as well and he kind of tore the league apart for for a month or so and I think he scored in that 5-1 Chester game um, and then just went back to... Was one of those games when Larry jumped into the snow or was that a different season? Yeah, that was the that was a Hartlepool one. That was Hartlepool, was it? Three 0 Yeah, that was his hat trick and the snow dive. So let's bring it to uh, the the actual playoffs and, oh. and talk quick, quickly about the semi final. Oh yeah. Oh, talk about oh. the semi Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> we got Sean Parrish. So obviously we go away. So obviously we go away and uh, make the long journey to Cardiff, um, mm. and. Uh, we we leave Sean Parrish somewhere around Birmingham, don't we? Just just so that he can pick the ball up from there. <laughs> we do, don't we? But what a goal! 
what a goal. It was a tremendous goal. One that he will never stop talking we'd had, about uh, until the day he dies. Oh, nor should he, Charles. We, nor we'd had he. Mark Cooper sent off as well, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, Mark. Well, I've forgotten about Mark Cooper. Could, <laughs> well, did that keep him out? <laughs> Mark Cooper, he was the one that used to celebrate when he got Man of the Match awards. How could you forget about him? I <laughs> guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was out of the final. Yeah, that, not, not a bad thing because it meant Christian Lee could step up. <laughs> one million pound Christian Lee. Oh. <laughs> oh, I went to the, the Cardiff away game in the playoffs on the coach. And Ooh. I was only quite young. I, was, I must have been, what, 14, I think. Or, or around that age, and it—it it was genuinely mm. one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever—I've ever had. Yeah, it was Ninian Park at that time, wasn't it? It when was Ninian like Park, in, stuck in the corner of the terrace, and it was just—yeah, it was—it was uncovered. Just and, at, and at Swansea, you just used to get absolute pelters. It was raining. They were throwing bottles of urine, urine, urine over us, uh, coins at us. Ready, ready, in Lobberdam at us. Later. <laughs> but then when we came out, I remember, because obviously we'd won 1-0, and then when we came out, the, the the police were trying to segregate their fans from our fans, and there was literally just stones flying, bricks flying, everything. It was ridiculous. I didn't enjoy it. How old were you at this point, Neil? Just as a context, you. I was fourteen, and when we scored, cele- I, I was obviously jumping around, going wild, celebrating, and I lost one of my shoes. <laughs> so I had to go back home with only one shoe because I couldn't find it. Um, so I don't know what happened to it. So when I left Ninian Park and trying to get back to the coach, while there was stones flying around and bottles of piddle and stuff and all that, and, and I had one shoe on trying to hop to the coach, it was ridiculous. <laughs> That's an amazing oh, story. It wasn't great at the time. Did, did you have a new <laughs> pair of shoes by the time the second leg took place at Sixfield? I mean, obviously, Charles. <laughs> 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 yeah, you had a first leg, to be fair, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, was really hoping that, that you actually went to... You, your mum just sent you to Sixfields for the second leg with the same shoe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would have been better if Cardiff had found the shoe for me and brought it down on their, their team coach? <laughs> <laughs> so move on to this second leg then. What, why is it that we don't look at this game in the same way as we do the playoff semi-finals the following year against Bristol Rovers? Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Well, I, I know that there's the whole... Me and Danny were talking about this before we started recording and, and obviously there is that whole thing of the fact that against Bristol Rovers a year later, we were 3-1 down going into that second leg of the playoff semi-finals. And obviously against Cardiff, we were going in 1-0 up. But I mean, the game finished 3-2. It wasn't exactly a, a boring match where we just saw it out. And we got to Wembley. And not only that did we get to Wembley, but then we won at Wembley that year. Whereas we, we didn't the year that we played. It wasn't a boring match Rovers. at all. But I think it was, did, didn't we go, did we go 3-1 up? I think it was more like we were pretty comfortable. It never, yeah. And the time we were... We were already a goal up and then we we scored the first goal, they equalised and then I think they had a player sent off, didn't they? Um, oh, he's made his way back from Indian Park, like, bouncing around on the Cobblers fans. He, he did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, <laughs> he, he sent, I think it's the same Cardiff player that got sent off in the league at Sixfields as well, ironically. Um, and then we scored again and we were always that kind of two goals in front so it felt more like a party than a comeback and I suppose that way that's why it gets a little bit lost. And, but I think if, if Bristol Rovers doesn't happen, this gets remembered as the big Sixfields night, doesn't it? It just gets lost in the 
in that yeah, I think it's the, the, the whole Bristol Rovers thing. We, like you said, Charles, we were three one down, weren't we? There, the their Tannoy announcer at, at their ground had mentioned about Wembley tickets and stuff and Wembley plans, hadn't he? Um, which had, yeah, which had riled our fans up, and I'm sure it got back to the players and stuff. So there was just more around it, and it was a bit more of a it was you know the the big mm. comeback as such. So what are your memories of of the day itself at Wembley, boys? Do do you guys? I mean, we were all quite young. Um, but can you guys remember anything specific about it? Any any tears? Any any fond memories? Maybe you get got lifted up in the air by your dad, Danny, or something. <laughs> You've like been that. reading my blog, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a bit of I don't know. It's a bit of a haze in some ways, I think, because it's it's one of those days where you're a kid. You, I think it's coming off the back of what was Euro '96 the previous summer, and that was the kind of the time when I was just starting to get really, really into football and you'd been been going to the county ground and stuff before that and and uh, enjoying the match and the atmosphere. But I think Euro 96 and the Cobblers rise, it kind of came along at the same time and and you kind of remember the run into the season for the first time and sort of looking at the permutations and stuff and getting really, really excited and, and everything around town was just amazing. Like before like in the week before there's a massive build up flags being sold around the town centre Sixfields boys being sung everywhere well, maybe not everywhere but um, just everything on the news and in the build up and stuff and you get your your free chronicle pull outs and all that all that it's just the first time it's happened to us and the first kind of time where we've been successful in, in our lifetime especially and we've had a lot of a lot of um, bad times at the county ground and almost going bust and the buckets coming out and and Atkins just came in and turned everything around. And so it's the kind of the first time where it, where it all came together and something massive happened to the club. And I think in the build-up especially, it was just a special time to be a Cobblers fan, especially around that age where where all your all your friends at school are coming in, Chelsea and Man United tops on Mufti Day. And, and you're sort of sat there as the, co- the sole Cobblers fan in the year or, or whatever. And so they've, they've all mocked you for the last however many years and suddenly you get your moment. Did that answer your question, Charles? I've just gone off on a massive, it, it does, massive yeah. ramble. I've not even talked about the match yet. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. Uh, Neil, what were your any memories of the build up? I, yeah. Uh, so I went with my friend who we used to play for Brixworth Juniors. Um, and we we got a coach down, I think. Um, but in our infinite wisdom, because we were 14, we thought, you know, we'll, we'll paint our faces. So we had half claret, half white an NTFC on it. And we also thought we'd dye our hair claret as well. So <laughs> we dyed our hair claret. And, didn't, uh, um, didn't Andy Roberts do this as well, the Chronicle? Um, I think he did actually, the, yeah. Now on the trust, isn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Um, but it was a, do you remember, it was a really, really hot day. Mm. And ridiculously, the the face paints were just dripping off us. <laughs> and and, and the, the hair, the, the, the stuff we'd use to dye our hair claret clearly wasn't expensive stuff. And, uh, was it just like a spray? Yeah, it was. It literally yeah, was. Yeah. And that was starting to drip and we looked a right mess. But oh. obviously we didn't care when Frayne scored. <laughs> I don't know what you remember, but I don't know if you walked up Wembley Way and stuff, but you kind of all you used to see in Wembley Way on the telly and like I said, with Euro 96 and, and everything like that and, and seeing the hoopla around cup finals and the build-up to it and you're just suddenly walking on it and you're thinking, what, like, are we really here? And like, we, we're not used to being successful as the coppers. Like, are we really walking at Wembley Way ourselves? And we'd completely outnumbered the Swansea fans as well. So it was just like a sea of claret, wasn't it? Yeah, it was he, one of the 
one of my abiding memories actually was just going getting into the stadium and just seeing so much claret everywhere because obviously we'd not seen that before had we I mean, at six even at six fields you don't necessarily see that much claret really um you, you see it. when it when it's empty you do the well, yeah, well some of them <laughs> some of them are <laughs> yeah but it was just was it there's so many flags and there was a lot of people in silly comedy wigs and all that sort of thing and some idiots had painted their faces and dyed their hair and it was just, it was just, a, it was a bit like, because I think that was the, the, that was the second time I'd ever been to Wembley. The first time was, was with my school and it was for, uh, it was for like a, it was like an England under 21s game, I think, because there was hardly anyone there and it wasn't a particularly great experience. It was a really rubbish game as well. I think I played Sweden. So to go to Wembley and see it like that and it be your own team you're following, it was brilliant. I'm Chris Freestone and it's all cobblers to me. So let's talk about the actual game then, boys. Obviously, not not a lot happened really, did it? Until one particular small brummy lad stepped up twice. Uh, I, to be honest, I can't remember much of the game. No, I was thinking this earlier. No, there's there's a highlights package on YouTube which is split into two lots of ten minutes, and I'm like, how did where did you get twenty minutes of highlights from? <laughs> I think I can remember three or four moments but that's about it go on go on then take us through these moments that you can remember <laughs> the ones that i remember are uh carl heggs who obviously had gone to play for us the following year he had a shot from or a volley i think from outside the area which woody tipped over um i remember a breakaway at the other end where i think parish passed it or larry passed it to parish and he nearly scored um and then there was christian lee the first million pound player what he flashed ahead of wide Flashed ahead of wide at the start of the second half. He did, didn't he? Uh, then, uh, that, boy. Did he, also, he? He almost went through on a one-on-one, didn't he, at, at one point? He possibly did, yeah. Just scuffed it, I think. Sounds, um, sounds like Christian Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Was there also a moment in the game where, where Jan Mulby tried to do a turn in the centre circle and he got robbed by... Took, him about, half, took him about half an hour, didn't it? I think... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that was when Christian Lee went through. Oh, is that, well the, is that what it was? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it was, yeah. Oh, the, the, the abiding memory of Jan Mulby is when I watched it back, he'd, he'd, had this, he'd had this moment <laughs> He'd had this moment with Larry, I think, where it's, Larry's trying to get around him and Jan Mulby's like, oh, good luck with that or something like that, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> good luck trying to get around me or something. <laughs> this was in the days when uh, he was player manager, wasn't he, old Jan? Mm, he was indeed. Um, poor. Poor man. Poor old Jan. Twilight <laughs> of his career. Poor old Jan. Poor old Jan. Well, of course, um, to sort of end end the game, everyone would thought it was going to go to extra time and penalties, didn't it? And then this happened. Brain again. And he's got it! What a marvellous goal from John Frayne. Ian Atkins off the bench. The Northampton supporters ecstatic. I mean, it, it was just every every man for himself at that moment, I imagine. It was carnage, wasn't it? I, I remember jumping on potentially a 90-year-old man uh, <laughs> and and literally just going mental. And, uh, was it he, Mark Cooper? It, it was Mark Cooper, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it was David Rennie. Um, <laughs> but the old, poor old boy, he looked very, very bemused by it all. He did, I don't, I'm not sure. I think he'd, he'd perhaps been dragged along by his family or something because um, he, he didn't even really sit up and celebrate, stand up and celebrate, but he had me jumping all over him, which is probably <laughs> his abiding memory, although he's probably dead now, but 
<laughs> well, he probably is, isn't he? He was about 90. It's, oh, isn't it mad, though, that, that free kick? Because his, his first attempt was atrocious, wasn't it? It went straight into the wall, didn't it? Yeah, it was ridiculous. And I, I think the ref, had, the ref had said that their their wall encroached, didn't they? I, I think that's yeah. what it was for, yeah. Christian Edwards, I believe. And it wasn't even a... Man. Even the one that went in wasn't... I mean, it was a good free kick, but it wasn't right, right in the corner, was it? It was It was the keeper, wasn't it? Freestone. He took a little step to one side and he never seemed to be able to get back to it. it like Just as frame was running up, he seemed to step to one side and and that, and that it was more in the middle of the goal than, than the side of the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, I've got a ropey memory of, of back then because I'm so old now, but yeah, I don't remember it being a, a like a... Ronaldo or Messi type free kick into the top corner. It was, it was quite low down as well, wasn't it? Hoskins. Hoskins. <laughs> Can't we get through one podcast? <laughs> come on, lads. Come on, lads. We'll talk about Wembley. He'll never mention Hoskins. Oh, <laughs> He'll not be able to. <laughs> but isn't it weird, like, how, how, um, sorry, Neil, about how um, Train signed on deadline day, didn't he? He did, didn't he? And just what would have happened if that never, if he'd never come in? Christian Lee would have took would the free we, kick. Uh, would we be celebrating Christian Lee Day? We wouldn't. He would have. He would have, no, he would have cleared Wembley. Ball would be bouncing down <laughs> Wembley Way. <laughs> he looked a bit like Ashton. Oh. <laughs> he, he had similar hair. Bye, Ash. Oh dear. Bye, Ash. See, See you, Ash. Ash. Bye, mate. Bye, Ash. Oh. Have they ever been seen in the same room? Don't, because that's going to play on my mind now, and I'm going to think actually they're, they're the same person. <laughs> Look, just calm down because we don't want any wags getting involved. Right. <laughs> what are you saying? We'll have we'll have Mrs. Buchanan and what, what's uh, Ash's wag called? India, is it? Yeah, Mrs. Taylor. I Mi- think Mrs. Would be India Taylor. Easy. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way to do it. Anyway, she can we're not get if she wants, too much, though, right? Oh dear. Anyway, back to Wembley 1997 and Christian Lee and his lovely mop of a haircut. Great hair. Great hair. Brilliant 90s hair, that. Very, uh, the opposite of David Rennie, wasn't he? Oh, very much so, Poor yes, Danny. <laughs> yes. He got pulled so, uh, off early, didn't he? Oh, sorry. Who got pulled off early? <laughs> David Rennie came David off on Rennie, the 40th uh, minute. He, he got pulled off before half time. Where, do you, where have you found this... So I'm trying to find the re- match report. It's Wikipedia, man. Oh, it's just the Wikipedia. The, the, the legend that is Wikipedia. Never fails, is it, Wikipedia? It never fails. Never 97, fails. 97 Division 3 playoff one. It's just a little line. <laughs> this was back in the day as well, where you could only have three subs. It was. Yeah. You are right. Do you know who our subs were, though? That's that's a good question, isn't it? Maybe we name should play a bench. quick game of Name That Bench. Name it. Name That Bench. Name the bench. Name the bench. Name it. Name the bench. Name it. Name the bench. Name the bench. Good. Uh, right then, come on then. Uh, Neil, you can go first. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who's on the bench. Name that bench. Go I'll, on. I'll name it, Charles. I'll na- Do you want me to name all three? Because I remember. You go for it. You go for it, Neil. And then we'll let Danny have a go at Swansea. Nice. Dean Peer was on the bench. <laughs> he was. Unbelievable. Dean Peer didn't get a starting berth at Wembley, but at least he got on. Everyone's favourite shaggy-haired right wing-back, Ali Gibb. How Keith Kerr would love a bit of Ali Gibb right now, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would love him, wouldn't he? 
He's rubbing his legs. He almost joined Rangers, didn't he, Ali Gibb? Do you remember? Did he? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I remember that. And it was around about the same time that Mal Loy played for the cricket club. And they both had pretty much the same There you go. I mean, Rangers, was a big thing in the 90s. Rangers, Rangers loss, I guess. Random, random fact. <laughs> uh, the, the third sub. He could have played with Gaza. <laughs> I can't oh, imagine Gaza would have taken too kindly to Ali Gibb running the ball off the pitch every five minutes. Uh, the third sub was Jason White, White, White. Oh, I've got to say his name three times. You have to. It's like it's Big John Gale. Of, of course. Yeah, who, who he replaced, incidentally. Well, you did on the 76th minute, no less. So, come on, Danny, you give us Swansea's bench. (laughs) Swansea's bench. You think you're so clever? Um, like Linton Brown. Hello, (laughs) (laughs) he was, uh, I think he was wearing number 12, Linton Brown. He came on for Die Thomas. Die Thomas, but you couldn't get a more Welsh name if he tried, could he? (laughs) He couldn't. Uh, so yeah, formerly of Geisley and Halifax as well. Good knowledge, Linton Brown. Uh, Sean Chappell, he was on the bench, he didn't get. <laughs> he didn't get on. <laughs> Someone's having a seizure. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ryan Casey. <laughs> I've just realised. Uh, Ryan Casey, the left back. Yeah, there's there's no keepers, is there? There's no keepers. What would have happened? And Jan Mulby was their manager as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah playing manager. Yeah. I just realised that. And also they had Super Carl Higgs. They did. They did. And Steve yeah. Torpy. Do you remember Steve Torpy? Remember Steve Torpy. He must have been about 80 then, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he would have been, to be fair, yeah. He's like that sort of player that was around and, for um, ages, but was always about 50. What's his face? Um, Kwame Ampadu, who's the, I think he's the dad of that fellow who plays for Chelsea, isn't he? Is he? Who? Ethan Ampadu, is it? How oh. is he? Does he play for Chelsea? Or? I don't know. It's good knowledge, Danny. We'll, yeah, we won't good question. It's good knowledge. Kwame Ampadu. So yeah, so um, it was a, it was a good game, wasn't it? Or at least Not it was really. a good ending to the game. We won. We were happy. It was a terrible game, Charles, but it was a great outcome. It was an awful game. <laughs> it was weird. You kind of look back now, and how you react as a child is completely different to how you react as an adult. Like we'd be, we'd have been probably throwing ourselves on each other and whatever, and sort of nail biting to the end. But I don't. And, feel, and back I then we'd have been feeling... really calm and just maybe. A few well, no, no, is that what you're saying? I just don't, Danny. I remind you. Now, you now, right right to if man. we win, if, if we win at Wembley at any time in the next two years, and we go together, then and we win, I'm jumping on all of you. I'm I'll be you that now. I'll, I'll be full on yeah. naked. No, no. What I mean is, back then, you, as a kid, you, I didn't really feel the tension of the nil-nil and it's you, going to extra time. Yeah, I think you're right. It, I, I, I didn't. I remember. I didn't. I didn't feel the tension or the nerves as much as but I would do it, now. I think. Yeah, the when it went in, it's just joy. You just feel nothing but complete joy back then. And I think now I'd just be in tears probably. <laughs> back then, I was just like, it was complete and utter joy and the celebrations on the pitch afterwards and everything. It's. Yeah, what a day. Oh, do you remember the songs? I, I remember the, the, the I could put it in, in quote marks, but the, the, the party afterwards. <laughs> uh, what did we have? Simply the best, moving on up. It's simply the best, moving on up. We had rocking all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we are the champions, didn't we? I don't think we had that. It, I think no, we did. Surely, surely, surely we did. Yeah. We're technically not true because we weren't, but. Champ- champions of the playoffs, though. Yeah. There you go. There's always a way around it. <laughs> It's coming uh, home. I think Ian Atkins was saying that it's coming. That home. must have been played. I think Ian Atkins said that they um, 
they what they chose to or they wrote to them or phoned them beforehand to to ask for them songs, didn't they? Oh, really? Are they uh, yeah yeah they requested they had to request which songs that they chose, and apparently after that, Wembley always played those songs in cup finals. So we as a club, so we kind of defined the celebration music. Indeed. Wow. Yeah, that's an award and a half. And we did used to run out to um, leader of the gang, didn't we? I think that got a bit. That got. That's probably not one for for nowadays. No, maybe not. No, yeah. I don't think so. But there was a so we, we there was a parade as well, wasn't there on the Monday? Oh, yeah, the bus parade on the open top bus parade stuff. I'm I, I was talking to someone the other day, and um, for whatever reason, I can't remember why it came up in conversation, but it was when we won League Two with Chris Wilder. Hmm. It, it came up that Oxford had a parade. No, they didn't, did they? They did. They had an open top bus parade for coming second, and surely whatever, not. You wouldn't like, do that. For whatever reason, I, like, I was incredulous about it. I, I was like, because at the time I knew we all took the mick out of it, and I remember that. But then obviously a few years have passed, and then I was talking about it with someone. I was like, it's like the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's like Liverpool having a parade for coming second in the Prem. That's unbelievable. I never knew that. It is. It's just, I know they Michael's got. Apple's I know they got promoted, so it's slightly different, I guess, to uh, comparing it to Liverpool. But you, like you, you run us up, you came second. You can't have a parade for it. We did. We didn't have a, a parade the year that Coldwood took us up, did we? We no. finished third. That did we finish third that year? Or were we, or were we second yeah, I think we finished third. Uh, second, I think. Were we, we second that year? Or I think we finished third when we won at Torquay. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And we. we we didn't have a open top bus parade then. We did have Lee Howie stood on top of a bus that year, but not poor bus going round, not going round the whole of town in Northampton. The only time that's actually happened was ninety seven and twenty sixteen. I just think it was. I just yeah. Sorry, I've I've digressed from Wembley ninety seven, but it came up in in conversation, and I was just like, that is the most ridiculous thing, and I don't know why I didn't take the mick out of it as much at the time. But there you go. Probably because you're in the town centre getting drunk yourself. Potentially, potentially <laughs> so, yeah. Danny, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, potentially so. Um, but yeah, great day as well, wasn't it? That parade. Um, seeing the claret all around town again. It, and we've not seen really the like of it again since until Wilder did it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, what, uh, it was a great day, wasn't it? It was a great day. And 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 think about it this way. You know, I mean, it was the, the best day and only day we've ever had at Wembley. Uh, yes, it was, Charles. You're quite right. <laughs> it's All Cobblers to Me is a vibrant sound media production for the fans of Northampton Town Football Club. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.